This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nasty celebrated. This is the show for cars from the southeast to the northwest. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on your smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, and I'm along with officially now, because she's <laughs> uh, captured the social media handles, Truck Girl Jen. Yes, thank you, Nick. Uh, are you uh, now going to tweet to the world your opinions about trucks? Mm. I don't know if they want to hear my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the people tune into the radio every week to hear me uh, banter with you. I know. Isn't that great? I'm so excited. All I'm over no- the country, people are turning their radios on to hear what we've got to say about trucks, Jen. I know. Cars and SUVs, by the way. That's in there, too. Uh, interesting show we have uh, today. LA Auto Show in the public days now, and there was quite a lot of interesting vehicles reviewed, uh, released, revealed. Uh, there was some jaw droppers. There was some ouch. <laughs> and the Tesla truck was revealed. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So I wanted to make a meme about the Tesla truck, which was, and I thought it was a mean meme, so I didn't do it. But it was Elon forgot on Tuesday night that he had to reveal a truck on Thursday. And so this is what he could come up with in 48 hours. Because it really does look like that. Honestly, look, I I imagine someone with a pair of, of metal snippers just cutting this truck out of metal and then welding it together. Honestly, looks like they just couldn't give a damn. Really, really couldn't give a damn. Well, it doesn't even look like a truck to begin with, you know. And I... What we heard this morning, someone described it as the Mad Max mobile, and that I think that's giving it too much honor, to be honest with you. How does this get by? by, Start at the beginning. First of all, Roman Micah from the Fast Lane truck has attempted to tow with a regular Tesla Model S, attempted to tow. The battery went down by two thirds faster than it would have driving. He basically got a third of the distance out of that battery. After he tried to tow. So why do we think that the Tesla truck is going to be fine with towing weight? It's not. Because the cars are horrible. Even if they were a quarter as bad or, you know, uh, half as bad, it's going to be horrendous. Plus, how is that going to get by the pedestrian safety? I I mean, it's got angles everywhere. You accidentally hit a pedestrian with that. It'll cut them in half. (laughs) It looks awful. You know, oh, and, I have to you know give what? his He's... team a little credit for thinking outside the box, but that looks like it belongs on Mars. I don't think there is a box. Does, <laughs> doesn't it look like a, like I, a Land Rover Mar- I think, Mars I think they're thing? thinking outside the planet. <laughs> exactly. That's um, right. <laughs> he, here's the first thing. Uh, he's taking a hundred dollars deposit. He's saying it's going to be like what is it, thirty thousand? Thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine. Forty thousand dollars. I got friends that bought Tesla Model Threes for high seventy thousands. Now they're they still owe about sixty five thousand on it, and they can't sell them for fifty five. Mm. No one wants them uh, because. Uh, all right, let me let me start. We're super anti-Tesla here, and we just started the show. <laughs> LA Auto Show is going on. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mike Cordell. He's going to join us to talk about the LA Auto Show, what's hot and what's not. Uh, Christina Sanders to talk to us about the new Ford Mustang Mark e 
All right, I'm going to put this down here right now. Uh, nobody knows this. And you're going to announce it on air. I'm going to announce it on air. Wow. I purchased two of them. And wait, I put deposits down on two of them would be more accurate. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why. And everyone's like, first of all, my publicist is like, you can't say that publicly because people are going to think you're wealthy. I'm not at all. No. But uh, it's a $500 deposit on each one and it's fully 100% refundable. The first one comes next summer, which is the uh, first edition. And the next one comes a year later, which is the GT. Now, originally I bought two GTs, but I changed it to one first edition. And the reason why, I have to tell you, the reason why is because I took the money out of my pension funds, $1,000, I put it down. But the good part about this is I can change my mind at any moment. And the second mm -hmm. one is if they become more valuable when the first editions have gone up to the front, I will have an investment which I can sell on pretty quickly that someone wants to buy a first edition one. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. The second one is the other one comes a year later. So right. I won't have both at the same time if I decide to keep one. And I have to find out how I'm going to no, pay for it. Are they going to be numbered, the first edition? Yeah, there's only going to be like 2500 or something. Oh, that's great. So, Good uh, investment, Nick. All right. Thank you. I'll take a bow right now. <laughs> and Tyler McBride is uh, going to share stories of the uh, SEMA Toyota vehicles. Uh, they did a really, really nice Supra at SEMA, which was uh, Wasabi. It was called Wasabi, and it was in Wasabi Green. It's so cool. We should post a picture of that one. That's Alrighty. really good. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen the Tesla truck and you've been living under a rock for the last 48 and whatever many hours it's been out, 100 hours, whatever, 100 days, um, the... We posted it on our Auto Expert uh, Facebook page. So go to our Auto Expert Facebook page. You can also vote whether you would buy it or burn it. We have a poll going on. Burn so, it. <laughs> no, I'm interested to go back and see who voted on that. Uh, Jerry Spahn's going to join us to talk about the new Rolls-Royce Cullinan Black Badge or the Black Badge Cullinan. So did you know? No. 20% of all Rolls Royces oh, yes, are sold know. are black badges. Yeah, it yeah. was a great There's idea. your fun fact we'll for the day. We'll explain. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> well, uh, weren't we going to do fun facts every day? I just did one. Okay. Yeah. Is that it for the day or was there more to come? I, more to come. All right. Mm -hmm. So cheeky. <laughs> uh, and then we're also going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, that Tesla truck with Anton Warman. <laughs> if you don't want to hear about a Tesla truck, the last hour, half hour of this show is not for you because mm. we're going to get down and deep and dirty and smack that truck against the wall a few times. See, what's it? I think the funniest oh, thing is... Yes. The funniest thing is they wanted to show the bulletproof glass on the, uh, on the rollout, so they threw a ball bearing at it. And instead of, like, bouncing off without any damage, there was a big, like, hole in the window. Shattered. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sort of starred. I don't know what it did, but I don't think that's what it was supposed to do. No. Uh, I'm sure they'll tell us that's what it was supposed to do, but uh, it doesn't look like that's what it was supposed to do. Um, so the, the vehicles that uh, Mike Cordell is going to join us too, who's the other half of our auto expert, and he's in Nashville today, so me on the phone. We're going to talk about the new Acura MDX P uh, PMC. We're going to talk about the VW Atlas Cross Sport, Toyota's RAV4 plug-in hybrid, the Hyundai Icon uh, Ionic new electric vehicle, Chevy Corvette, the C8, uh, the Porsche 797... <laughs> Porsche 718 GT4, uh, Cayman, the Genesis G90, the Rivero, the Mini Cooper, John Cooper Works GP, and the Taycan from Porsche, hey, all those vehicles from LA. Did you get a chance to see the BMW M8? Yes. Was it beautiful? It was my, I did it on the Fox Sports show, yes. 
Oh, I it just was, love the color. It was super sexy. It was almost as sexy as Truck Girl Jan, I'm just telling you. Oh, thank you, uh, That's Nick. what's coming up in today's show. Our auto experts, stay tuned, buckle in, and if you're going car shopping, enjoy our opinions, our thoughts, and information about new vehicles. All coming up this morning. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, read inside a car, stories about your next ride, and you'll find it all at the website, ourautoexpert.com. LA Auto Show in public days. Everybody checking out the new cars, trucks, and SUVs on the floor of the LA International Auto Show. A man that was with me there last week. Joining us on the phone, Mike Codell. Uh, Mike, I had a lot of things to talk to you about, but before we do before we get there jen has has a fun fact go no no just kidding uh okay so i have a question for you actually okay what year did toyota sell the first land cruiser 1979 1958 how many did they sell i don't know two one i was wrong on both counts there we go uh all right mike Uh, toyota had a new vehicle at the la international auto show the rav4 prime or the plug-in hybrid is this the foot this wait 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 hold on a second hold on a second i have a question for i have a question for jen i'm gonna give her one you ready i don't know if you covered off on this or not jen Uh how many years is the la auto show how long have they had the la auto show how many years isn't it like 20 22 no, you're off by quite a bit. 112. And it, 112 <laughs> years ago, do you know how many cars they had on carpet the first 19, time they had the auto show? 19. Uh, no, there were 100 cars on carpet, and this show this last week had more than 1,000 cars on carpet. So I need to brush up on some history. Are, well, not only that, and I just want to take, I know we have a limited amount of time, but I just want to go take a stroll down memory lane. I was on with you guys last Saturday here in Tennessee. And Nick guilted me so much about my tobacco chewing beard from Tennessee. That <laughs> I went and I went I went and traded it when I got to LA. I was like, well, I can't get it cut. I can't get it cut in Tennessee. So I went to uh, Angelo's uh, in in downtown LA, and I got my beard trimmed and my hair cut. You don't. You look. You look. You look nice this Wait year. Wait a minute. Didn't you guys have jacket wars too? Then I see that on Facebook. No, we went. So we went shopping Uh and we walked into a store and there was a woman's uh, leopard skin jacket hanging right as you walk into the store and so i said put that on mike and i put it he put it on and i took a picture of him it was so tight against him. <laughs> and i took a picture of it and and then i said we're having jacket wars to see who was, was having awesome. the coolest jacket on fox sports it was great there you go. correct uh, anyway um all right mike let's talk about cars on the floor of the la international auto show toyota had a new rav4 plug-in hybrid yeah i was really impressed with uh, the over overall auto show this year the RAV, the RAV4 uh, plug-in hybrid, it's the first time they've ever offered the plug-in on the RAV4. And uh, here's what I like, is that it's a plug-in electric you know, vehicle. And what's great is you can plug in for electricity uh, to power that vehicle, but you also get a 302 horsepower under the hood, and it makes it, uh, coincidentally, the second fastest vehicle in the Toyota lineup next to the Supra. So when you, you put all that together, you go, man, it's... It, pretty sporty it's pretty cool and now it's pretty fast with electrification and 302 horsepower under the hood i think they sell 450,000 rav4s uh, as normal so uh, this is just going to sort of add to the pot i don't even think that includes the hybrids the 450,000 so they're going to sell an awful lot of them uh, this year what what impressed you most on the floor of the show 
Well, since I, I haven't been able to catch the first part of the show, I'm assuming you already talked about the Maki, but, you yeah. know, I <laughs> have you talked about it yet? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so here, here's what I'd throw out is that, you know, Elon uh, with Tesla decided to host a press conference uh, towards the latter part of the week in L.A., and you want to talk about being a monstrous flop. I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a Tesla fanboy, so let me, let me back get that part out, you know, first. But he puts this really futuristic RoboCop-looking Pontiac slash Aztec thing on stage and then talks about the, the blast mitigation windows and shows it off, and then they break on, you know, during the press conference. And then look at Ford, who comes out with the Mach-E, and this Mach-E has 300 miles of electric range, which puts him already in super electric, you know, category. It's a four-door Mustang-inspired vehicle, and then they put the Mustang badge on it. I mean, you, you're going to be a sub-four-second, you know, electrified vehicle. I think what Ford's doing is brilliant, and I've never heard so many journalists say, hey, I just put my $500 down on the Mach-E. They're doing something right over there right now. And I'm 100 down with the Maki. We talked, uh, yeah. we you know, we talked at the beginning of the show that I uh, put a thousand dollars down for two of them, one the first edition and one the GT. You were talking about it while we were in LA. Did you did you pull the trigger? Did you talk to the, to Mrs. Mike and see what she wanted to do? So here's here's the funny thing about it is that uh, obviously when the Aviator came out, I was really giddy on the new Lincoln Aviator. I really felt like they had. Uh, brought a vehicle to market that was different, that was luxurious, that my wife would enjoy driving. You know, yeah. now there's really the Bronco coming out, and it's going to be a four-door Bronco option. I'm like, all right, well, maybe we'll wait and hold on that. Then they just dropped this bone on us with this Mach-E coming out, Mustang Mach-E. And my son this morning, I kid you not, he said, Dad, I've seen a lot of cars over the years, but if I could see Mom driving something that's a small SUV, it's the Mach-E, and I re- it was my favorite car from the show. Over the top of the RM19 from Hyundai and some of the other cars we saw, he was really down with that vehicle. So I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but there could be a trip pulled in the very near future. I might be able to sell you one in about a year and a half. I think that's the <laughs> hardest thing. Up, right? gonna, it'll be a markup. It'll be marked up. I, I the- can have it for an additional ten grand. <laughs> Oh, all right. I was going to say double that, but all right. We'll go for an additional 10 grand. I, I think that's the hardest thing about being an auto journalist is that you see all these cars and you like the way they feel and you just don't have a wallet big enough. Have you seen the Family Guy uh, sketch where Peter's like, ooh, something shiny, ooh, something shiny, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy. That's, well, that's exactly what we're like. Like we're, Mike and I will go to these events and we'll go, ooh, I'm getting one of these. It's so cool. And then next week, ooh, no, I'm getting one of these. It's so cool. How was the uh, karma? Yeah. Oh, how was the Karma, Mike? Because I really yeah. So I spent some, I spent some time with the Karma GTS, mm-hmm. and you know it's the same exact chassis. Notice I didn't say chassis; I said chassis. <laughs> I didn't it's the same. It's the same exact chassis as the original uh, Rivero that came out. So it's called the Karma Rivero GTS, and I covered that for Fox Sports. Uh, a little more power, a little extended battery range, a beautiful vehicle. They had some concepts in their booth. Um, and, and I really, I really, you know, thought it's a, a cool vehicle, but it, it wasn't a stand up from the standpoint of differentiating itself. But I do want to go back just for, for a quick 10 seconds on what you were talking about a minute about all the shiny pennies that we see at these auto shows. Yeah. You know, here's what I love the most about what you and I do, Nick, at our auto expert is we think about ways for people to get a vehicle that makes sense for their lifestyle. It's not always about the new car that's on the road. It could be the three-year-old certified pre-owned vehicle that just came out, came out of lease, right. you know, where a customer doesn't have to pay, pay the top price coming off the dealership lot. I think that's what's fun is you can look at that Mach-E and you can go, you know what, let the goofballs like you and me pay the first amount to get it off the lot. 
And then three years down the road, Joan Mary Smith in the middle of the country that want to try something new, they're going to be able to get a cool vehicle that comes out of lease like that. And they're going to get a good price point on it, especially with the Mach-E starting at $44,000. Like, come on, man, that's super affordable for that kind of car. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. And I also think that uh, there are so many of those good deals out there. It's really hard to not find uh, a really good one. What was your king of the show? What do you think stole the show? I, well, there's no doubt that the Ford Mustang Mach-E stole the show. You know, there's there's so many vehicles being debuted. I was really impressed with that. I do think Hyundai with their their RM19 uh, was, was pretty cool at the show. I do, you want, do you want to hear something about car. that? Do you want to hear something about I, that? You're going to tell me how you drove it. I drove I know, it I yesterday. Drove it. <laughs> <laughs> I drove it on the track at Hyundai's test center out in the Mojave Desert. It was really awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's I rough. I on an airplane back to Tennessee, yeah. and I drove a C-Max to my house. And I drove a McLaren <laughs> the C-Max? You drove a McLaren 720F to the track and then jumped in a race car with the RM19. That would be probably your best day of the year yet. No, I don't know. You know what's sitting in the parking lot outside the radio station oh, right yeah. here? Uh, a Lexus LC500. So that's a good day, too. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, okay, so that's actually when you ask what, what are one of my favorite cars at the show. I, all this discussion around electrification, hybrids, and new technology, the LC500 is a 5-liter V8 under the hood with 471 horsepower. And the convertible version that they showed at the show, it, the, the convertible clock comes out in 15 seconds. So, it, I mean, you, you look at and that Lexus, the L Lexus, is all about luxury. Right. I just think that what they're doing is pretty remarkable right now. I think it's remarkable what they're doing at Lexus. You can take a top off for summer. Mike Cordell from Our Auto Expert. You can uh, see his videos. Go watch his GT500 video. It's at Our Auto Expert. You can see what fun he had on the track there. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you again and next week, hopefully. Uh, coming up on the show, still got loads of stuff. We're going to talk about uh, what Elon Musk is doing. Yeah, that's coming up next on Our Auto Expert. <laughs> You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. Catch up with previous episodes of the show on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, read insider car stories about your next ride. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com or start a conversation with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, you can do all that from your cell phone. You don't need to go to a computer. I can tell you as well, we have posted on our Facebook page um, some... Interesting stuff about the Tesla truck, uh, which we were talking about at the top of the show. Uh, Currently, we have a poll up there that says buy it or burn it, and it's 33% buy it and 67% burn it. So uh, that's interesting. I think it's probably going to be a great success because you only have to put $100 down, but it looks like a... I don't know. I'm not a fan. Jen's a fan. No? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I like how you say that. Uh, I'm not a fan. Do you I'm see this fan. look? Burn it. Burn it. You're burn a burn it, it girl. Uh, it's it's. I'm just interested to see what people think about it. I'm just surprised people like it so much. Uh, buy it or burn it. Well, it's got what that DeLorean kind of look to it. I think. I just that's don't. I just can't like. see how it's going to get past safety standards. But that's just me. I mean, what do I? What do I know about safety standards? Nothing. I don't. I don't design cars. Uh, <laughs> all right. Other stuff that we we saw at the LA Auto Show which was kind of interesting this year, um, the PCM version of the MDX. So the MDX, the Acura MDX, is the biggest-selling luxury SUV. They've sold almost a million of them. Uh, It is the third-row number-one seller in the luxury 
I guess premium or luxury department depends if you see Acura as a premium brand or a luxury brand. Um, here's the thing about the, this vehicle is so the PCM is really sort of a trim level. It's hand built on the NSX line in Ohio. Uh, it also has this nano paint, nano pigment paint technology on it. You cannot see this in a picture. You have to physically see the vehicle. The color is unbelievable, unbelievably stunning. I am not uh, sure whether or not e what they do. I know Mazda did a Mazda 3 version um, where they had this red color that they had to sort of design their own paint nozzle for it. And when they sprayed the paint on, all the flexes in the metallic paint laid the same direction. And the red was amazing because as you walked around the car, the metallic paint reflected differently. So as you walked around, the shape of the car sort of changed. I That's don't know what difficult. they do. I don't know what they do with this uh, pigment color for this Acura, but boy, it blows my mind. Uh, and then they have black door handles mm. and black wheels and like all this black inside. But here's the story about it. And this is sort of a public apology to Acura. So we were broadcasting live from the Acura stand for uh, television. And I had plan to go to bed at 6 p.m. Now, when you do broadcasting from the LA Auto Show, what happens is uh, we get up at 11.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. We're on the floor. We, we leave about uh, 1 in the morning, about 12.30. And we take a, a ride over to the Auto Show. We're there about 1 because we start broadcasting at 2 a.m., which is 5 a.m., on the east coast so la is the hardest show for us to get sleep at so i plan to go to bed about six and get up at 11 30 p.m i'm in the bar at the intercontinental on the 70th floor in la and of course everybody from every auto company walks in and goes hey hey how are you nice to meet you da, da, da. what ends up happening is i don't get to bed until 9 30 um, so i had two and a half p.m so i yes. had two and a half hours sleep um, and then what ended up is after that two and a half hour sleep, I was so dead tired. I was sitting in the Acura booth and I had like a 40 minute gap between TV stations doing live hits. So I just snuck into the back seat of the car and closed my eyes for a minute. Well, I was wearing a black jacket with silver, uh, lining uh -huh. on it, a uh, silver sort of glitter on the outside. Yes. When I got out of the back of the Acura, it was all covered in glitter on the inside. <laughs> it kind of rubbed off. So apologies to Acura if you had to vacuum your PCM, your, your uh, MDX PCM out. It, it was sparkly. I made Just the like Nick. I made the interior very sparkly of that vehicle, but I do apologize a little bit. Uh, looking ahead at what we've got coming up in the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about that Ford Mustang Mark-E, the first electric, the first four-door, the first SUV Mustang. Uh, we're going to be joined by Christina Sanders from Ford. She's going to tell us all about that vehicle. We want to talk a little bit about Toyota's SEMA vehicles. They had 12 different Supras on the floor at uh, the SEMA show, which just happened in Las Vegas. I want to talk a little bit about uh, creating those vehicles and what the Super, you know, what they did for Super there. Uh, Jerry Spawn going to join us from Rolls Royce to talk about their very first Cullinan black badge, which has just been introduced. And then, boy, are we going to sock it to Elon Musk? Okay, so we have to give him a little credit. No. Uh, yes. No. Yes, he actually no. did some donations for Flint Water. So, yeah, but it's through his foundation. It's a whole... It doesn't matter. Flint, Michigan needs the help. It does. So, $480,000. Well done, Elon. Yeah. 
All right. That's it. That's all coming up on the show. Thank you, Elon. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Locally created, nationally celebrated for the Northwest and the Southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. LA Auto Show in public days now. A lot of exciting things to see for the public who are filing in. But one of the things that stole the show is the brand new Ford Mustang Mach-E. Uh, I think it's also very interesting that the French, unfortunately, called it the Marché. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, but Mark E is the official title. Uh, joining us on the phone, Christina Sanders from Ford. She is the marketing manager for the Mark E. Um, boy, did you ruin the uh, LA Auto Show for every other manufacturer, Christina, because you kind of <laughs> swept away with all of the uh, the press. Yeah, we had a great turnout, and it was really fun. We did the reveal on Sunday night before the LA Auto Show and then had it featured there that first day. Um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I was there at the reveal, which was uh, pretty amazing. You had the Detroit Youth Choir perform, uh, as they did on America's Got Talent, uh, which was pretty um, jaw-dropping, first of all. They are such nice kids. I mm-hmm. want to adopt every single one of them. I'm sure they're not available, but I totally want to adopt every single one of them. Uh, the The vehicle uh, got quite a few oohs and ahs. Before we go any further, though, I should tell you um, that I actually – uh, put uh, two times $500 deposits on these vehicles. Oh, so, phenomenal. Yeah, I put a deposit on the first edition uh, after Mike Good. Levine suggested that, and then I put a deposit on a GT, So, which will probably come about a year apart or nine months apart or so. Uh, so tell us a little about the vehicle. It's the first SUV from, from, from uh, Ford in the Mustang lineup. It is the first electric um, Mustang, and it is the first four-door Mustang, which I think is probably as important. But why did you decide to call it a Mustang? Well, yeah, so as you said, it's the first time in 55 years that we're expanding Mustang lineup. Um, it's not replacing anything. It's just an expansion, so we're still keeping the Loyalist V8 engine alive. But um, really, given where its customers and the industry is headed, this is the right time for bringing on electric vehicles and then also the right time to bring on an SUV. One of the number one reasons people leave the Mustang brand is because they need more space for growing family or friends or cargo, and so... Um, we think this is the right time to bring that to the market. And so far, we've gotten a great, great media positive feedback from customers and media and even Mustang loyalists. So we're pretty excited about it. Will you announce at any point in the future um, how many reservations or pre-orders you've got? Or Because we're all waiting to see if you announce it, to see if you have, you know, not what the number is, but it's always interesting a car company will only announce it if they feel like the numbers are, uh, you know, in their favor. But it seems like, first of all, I was trying to be clever when I had ordered two or put deposits on two of them and to see what numbers I got. (laughs) But my numbers went the other way. They went lower. So you're clearly giving people random numbers so we don't know how many have been ordered. Right. I don't know if we'll um, disclose it. We're not going to disclose it at this point, but we're very happy with the number that we're, are coming in right now. So um, stay tuned. We'll, we'll see. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the features of the vehicle. So how many trim levels are there and what's the difference between them? Yeah, absolutely. So we start with the base vehicle, which is called Select, um, and we'll have some packages available that will be announced next spring. Um, but you can get that both in all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, and that comes standard with the standard range battery. And then if you go up to the premium, 
is our second um, second edition, and that is both all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. And with that edition, you can order either the standard battery pack or extended range battery pack. And if you do that with the rear-wheel drive, you'll get the 300-mile range, which is really exciting. We also have a California Route 1 edition, which is maximized for the range. So that's over 300-mile range. Um, it has the panoramic sunroof, standard, um, all the driver assist technologies. So it'll be great for cruising down Highway 1. And then we get up to the performance, so we can't have a Mustang without a GT. So there's a base GT version, and then we'll also have the performance edition, which is going to come with the spectacular um, performance of 060 in the mid-three-second range and delivering an estimated 459 horsepower and 612 pound-foot of torque. Ooh. So really excited about all those specs, and um, we think there's going to be a, a you know version for everyone. Now, you have a first edition version too, right? Yes, sorry, I forgot that one. So the first edition is based off of our premium spec, and um, that comes fully loaded with the extended range battery pack, the all-wheel drive. It's going to have some unique first edition features, including a first edition scuff plate um, and some both interior and exterior design features. And that will be with the 270-mile range, um, and those will come first off the line. So if you want to get the first ones produced, then that will be that will be the one to order, which I see they have already. Right. So let me ask this question: How many are you limiting the number of first editions that are being made, or are you limiting the time? How are they special? Yep, we're limiting the volume. So we have a certain number um, that we'll actually be able to produce, and those will be coming first off the line. Um, but once we get those reservations, um, that you know, once all the first editions have been reserved, then we're cutting that off. So I would. Definitely go in this week um, in order to make sure that you can get one on the list. So they're going fast. All right. Did you have you announced how many you're going to do of those, or is that still a mystery? Uh, still a mystery at this point, but um, I'll, I'll let you know if we end up disclosing that information. All right, that's cool because you know I want to. I mean, it's the more valuable to me uh, is uh, is uh, fewer people have them if I've already put my first edition order in. I guess absolutely. Now, what color did you get of the first edition? Uh, I got so both the of them in the. But, uh, I thought both of them in red, but I can't remember. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So, I like the yeah, red. So the first edition is, is unique to three different colors. We have the red, uh, rapid red. We have carbonized gray, which is a dark gray. And then we have the grabber blue, which um, is uniquely going to be only on the first edition until the GT arrives. Uh, and I like that blue a lot. That was the one you had, uh, one of the ones you had at the reveal there. That was, uh, yeah. that's a very nice color. Let me ask you this. Um, the, I guess the the production of this is what everyone's waiting for. So you've sort of vaguely given windows for when these vehicles will arrive. What are what are the windows? Yeah, so first edition will be coming first, so that's going to be the fall of 2020, so next year. The premium um will be coming next pre- basically premium um will be built and then the select and the California route one closely behind. So anticipate early 21 for both of those models. And then the GT will start production in the spring of 21. I heard, so a little bit behind, but not too far. I heard initially uh, when you developed it, uh, you weren't sure whether you were going to call it a Mustang or not. Uh, but you clearly decided to because it was a, originally when we heard about it, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, it was a Mustang-inspired vehicle. But it's not only inspired, it has the true DNA, right? Yeah, absolutely. And once they switched to that, it was pretty clear as soon as we started seeing some of the performance figures and the design, I mean, it, it's absolutely a Mustang. It has the same soul as the Mustang. It's just first time we're doing the four doors. 
Um, but you can't, you know, it has the sloping steep roof line. It has the shark nose, it has the extended wheelbase, the really sleek looking car. And then, like I said, the performance really lives up to his name as well. So uh, once Bill Ford saw that performance and got to a chance to experience it, he said, yes, this absolutely drives like a Mustang. And what's interesting is the battery pack, um, it's a little over, it's over a thousand pounds, no matter if you get the standard or the extended range. So it gives a really low center of gravity. So the handling on it is just phenomenal. I don't know if you had a chance to ride in it at the reveal, but um, the zero to 60 is spectacular with the instant torque that an electric vehicle has. And then um, the handling is, is really fun to go in and out um, on a slalom just with the low center of gravity and, and handling. How do you keep the interest for this vehicle between now and when the first one arrives in about a year's time? Do you think that's a natural thing or is there going to be more information every month? Yeah, we, we plan to keep giving out information. Once we get more um, more you know production cars ready, we'll definitely want to do some ride events so people can actually experience it because we found that when you get to see it in person, it's just that's when people really click and absolutely love the vehicle. So trying to get those more and more out um, as we are producing more, more prototypes. Right now it's so early, we only have a couple, but... Um, we'll be sending more information, more you know, behind the scenes and videos. So stay tuned to more information coming. Let's talk a little bit about recharging because that's one of the impressive things. If you need to get a booster charge, um, because you know, three hundred mile range is probably plenty for most people. Um, mm-hmm. If they get uh, the selected models that do that, but you've also made it so on a on a fast charger, it actually recharges pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. So it's up to 150 kilowatts worth of charging. So if you go to a DC fast charger, which is the level three, you'll be going from, you know, 10 to 80 percent in about 40 minutes. So you can stop and, you know, get a get lunch or do whatever, and then you'll be back on the road pretty quickly. That's Um, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and and we have a cloud-based navigation system built into the vehicle, which will be both on your phone as well as the center console screen. And so you can type in where your trip is going to be, and it will recommend charging stations along the way so that you can say, you know, I want to go down to San Francisco, and I want 30% charge when I get there. And it will say, we recommend you stop here and here and do 30 minutes of charge each. And um, and then you say, well, no, I want to stop at a place with a lunch or with Walmart or something nearby, and it will find those charging stations for you. And all of that will be part of the Ford Pass charging network. Excellent. The Ford is partnering with... Electrify America and Green Lots and a few others to bring together all of those charging stations under one app that will be accessible to our customers so they don't have to have multiple apps um, when they you know, get up to a charging station. It will tell them if it's available and where it is. And it will be seamlessly paid for through through the Ford Pass app. Most people are going to be leaving their house every day with this vehicle, um, and you know, if they have two hundred and forty, two hundred and thirty, three hundred miles, uh, they're they're probably mm-hmm. going to be just coming back and recharging it, plugging it in at night, and leaving it in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Is there is is Ford sort of helping people get a home charger? Or how does that work? Are you on your own there? No, absolutely. So standard in every single Mustang Mach-E is a mobile charge cord, which um, will either plug into a 110 outlet. So if you are visiting you know, a friend or a grandma for the weekend and they don't have a charging station, you can plug it in there. And then uh, it also has a 240 um, uh, plug as well for a bit of a faster charge. But then we're also partnering with Amazon, and you can um, get an installation of our um, wall box, which will be a connected wall box that you can install in your garage. It's 240 volt, and then it's a 
48 amp. And so that actually charges about eight hours. You can get back to 100% if you're at zero. So um, really great charging solutions. We're trying to make it very easy for customers so they never have to, you know, worry about charging. Um, and, you know, you go home at night, it's like plugging in your smartphone. So as long as you get the, in that routine, you're never going to have any issues with range. And so you've kind of thought of all of that and it gets rid of range anxiety. Do you feel, mm-hmm. do you think that, uh, that you're going to capture a lot of people who don't have electric vehicles with this? Or are you expecting people to come over from plug-in hybrids, hybrids, um, et cetera? Yeah, well, we know that once people get into an electrified vehicle, whether it is hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or all electric, they never switch back, um, or very rarely do. So we definitely anticipate getting a lot of people that have already experienced that. But we think, you know, with the Mustang, with that history and story, um, the looks of it, and also all the connected, all the connected features and technology that's part of this vehicle. Uh, we think it's just a phenomenal offering, even if you haven't driven electric before. If some of our millions of loyal fans would like to join us and uh, put a deposit on this vehicle, where would they go? Mm-hmm. So you can either go to your local dealer. They have all the information and are happy to help put down a, a reservation for you. Or you can go to Ford.com, and Maki has a has a full reveal page with the specs, the different configurations. So you can search around and look at that. And we have a configurator, so you can actually go on choose your vehicle, choose the color, powertrain, battery, all of that, and you'll place $500 fully refundable deposit, um, and then you'll actually place your final order next spring when the order bank opens. So just hold your place in line, and we recommend everyone doing that so you can get first off the line. This is our auto expert. Thanks, Christine. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Catch up on previous episodes of the show at OurAutoExpert.com, the website. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. This week's show, talking a lot about the things that were revealed at the LA International Auto Show. There was many cars, trucks, and SUVs seen for the first time. Uh, Interestingly enough, Toyota had their RAV4 plug-in hybrid, which will do about 40 miles on just electricity alone. It'll also be super powerful. Hyundai showed off a new Ionic. Uh, The new Ionic was kind of interesting because the only real updates are in the meat and potatoes of the car, which is under the skin. There's a few small updates on the exterior of the skin, but the meat and the potatoes under the skin were really cool, and it means it goes from about 130-odd miles on electricity alone up to 170, but the price remains the same, which means those people who want to get one now benefit from getting a further range on the vehicle. Uh, VW had some ID concepts. Uh, they, these these ID concepts are becoming very popular with people who look at what VW will be doing in the electrified space. Also on the floor was the new Nissan Titan. Uh, this Nissan Titan got a refreshed front and rear. The cool thing about this is it also gets a nine-speed transmission, which changes the amount of noise you get inside the cabin. Unbelievably quiet inside the cabin of this vehicle. A Jeep Wrangler diesel on the floor of the show too, which is the first Jeep Wrangler that ever gets into the gross vehicle curb weight of over 6,000 pounds, which means it's eligible for the agricultural discount. If you don't know about the agricultural discount, it's called Section 179, and you can actually get a discount of up to $25,000 in tax deductions from a vehicle that weighs over twenty-five, uh, sorry, 6,000 pounds gross vehicle curb weight. 
it if you own your own business, which means that this is the first time Jeep Wrangler has been eligible for that because it pushes it over the limit and pushes it over the weight. Plus, it, we don't know the mileage yet of this, but it's probably going to do somewhere around 30 miles a gallon on a single gallon of diesel. We talked a little bit about the Acura MDX PMC edition, which is this special edition that Acura put out of their best-selling MDX with a third row. VW Atlas Cross Sport was there. We saw the reveal of that in Chattanooga, Tennessee a few weeks ago. Uh, now it's on the floor of the LA International Auto Show. Lincoln shows off their new Corsair PHEV, plug-in hybrid. It's the Lincoln Corsair GT. Corsair is about the same size as their Escape. Uh, they very, have very few parts in common, but it's sort of that same... Uh, category as the Escape would be, but it's a full luxury version. It has their quiet flight with all of that very cool stuff. It'll do about 25 miles on a single charge. Are you writing me notes? Mm -hmm. Just tell me. Um, did you get a chance to see the Lexus LF-30 concept? Yeah, that was what was in Tokyo. We had at the Tokyo did Auto you? Show. Yeah, okay. It was on the floor there. Uh, they had a new color, too. It was like a turquoise. It was very cool. In the gold um, doors? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, and, and electric motors in the wheels, which is the big thing about that. That's amazing. Uh, also saw the uh, BMW X3, the plug-in version of that. The new Fiat 500X Sport version, Audi's e-tron Sportback. I think it'll probably be in some kind of um, Iron Man movie of the future because all the Audis are in. <laughs> In the Iron Man movies. Uh, the one vehicle which was kind of impressive was Genesis's G90, which is their full size, it's their big luxury um, sedan. Uh, here's the deal you have seen all the chitter chatter about uh, mm -hmm. people complaining about how big the BMW's grills are getting on the BMW cars and how big Lexus spindle grill is getting. You haven't seen nothing until you've seen this G90 grill. They said it, that they changed everything but the roof and the doors. Uh, it's it's, it's amazing. Crazy. It's crazy big. Uh, it's already on sale in Korea, so we already knew kind of what it looked like. But it's, uh, I like it. It's very, very different for the, the American market. It looks very Asian to me. Um, interestingly enough, I like that look in vehicles. I wonder how it's going to go down with the rest of America. And the Karma R uh, Rivero GTS, a new uh, Karma electric car on display, uh, and the Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, EQC. I drove this in Norway earlier this year. It's now announced coming to the U.S. They announced pricing, I think, which was decent. It was under $60,000 for a full luxury electric SUV. It's based on the C-Class, but they had to make quite a lot of changes. The uh, Actually, the C-Class, the GLC, I should say. But you know what was there that was kind of cool? I have a whole story that goes around this. was the new Land Rover Defender. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, I'm going to tell this story, and Land Rover going to be mad at me for telling it. Uh, they had the one from the James Bond movie there. Uh, it's in the new James Bond movie, and apparently in the movie he drives through a paint factory, and in the paint factory he hits barrels of paint, and they go all over the outside of the truck. Well, it still had the paint on. They brought it with all really? the paint, yeah, covered in paint. That's it looked awesome. like mud until you touched it, but it was actually paint, which was very cool. So that was cool, but I noticed in the press release it said 370 pounds can be supported on the roof. And if it's not moving, I think it's like six, it's a lot more. So you could have a tent on the roof. Did you and Mike and everybody try to get on oh, the roof? Oh, yeah, we tried. I figured. We tried. <laughs> we tried. Did you get kicked out? We got shut down yeah. by Land Rover. <laughs> So it started off with me talking to Andrew, who's a PR guy, and said, hey, can I get up on the roof and do my uh, live t my TV segments? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, well let me get find someone and see if we can get the ladder unlocked. And they come back, no, you know, <laughs> no, we can't do it now because it's, you know, we need to have organization and find the keys to the ladder. But let me go and find the, 
guys, so these um, senior management guys come up and go, yes, well, how can we help you? I'd like to get on the roof of the car, please, so we can do our TV bit. Uh, we have to find the keys for the ladder, because the ladder was locked, so you right. couldn't walk up it. But I got an email, a text, like, at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock the next morning, like, we're for safety reasons. We have right. decided not to let you on the roof of the car. Uh, I'm like, oh, so, uh, you know, 370 pounds was about, that's about 37 fat kitties or about three Miss Money Pennies, or three Miss Money Pennies. <laughs> um, so, but apparently one Nick Miles is not allowed to get on the roof of the vehicle. Lame. Which is, you know, because apparently... Did you I tell think, me you'd sign a waiver? No, no they're <laughs> not going to let me up there. Like, <laughs> just, they don't want me... Well, it's just... The first thing you always get, well, health and safety. And then you get, well, why have you damaged it? It's the did, it have a, did it have, like, no, a No, because sunroof? here's what's going to happen. I just tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to get on the roof of this Land Rover, and every other TV person around the world is going to see it, and they're going to want to do it too. So it's going to end up being a total nightmare for them. Yeah, because you were the first. I don't care if it's a nightmare for them. I just want to do my TV segment from the top of the new Land Rover Defender. It does look nice, by the way. The vehicle starts about $50,000, goes up to $80,000, depending if you want luxury, four-door, two-door, all those things. We also see the Mini John Cooper Works GP, 300 horsepower and a Mini. Holy hell. That thing is going to be fast. And the Porsche Taycan was there. Porsche were at the same hotel as we were. They didn't invite me to drive their Taycans, by the way. Thank you, Porsche. uh, Did you? No, they didn't invite me. Oh, they didn't? No. Oh. Well, they don't care about me. How rude. I know. And they were in the same hotel as us. Oh. So I had to see that all the other Germans drive it. Don't worry, you're not coming to my karaoke party this year. Coming up, <laughs> more cool stuff. Fire Auto Expert. I'm Nick Miles and Truck Girl Jen's here. <laughs> you're listening to Our Auto Expert. Well, if you uh, want to start a conversation with us on Facebook at Our Auto Expert, we have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter handle, we have Instagram, where you can all start a conversation uh, with us, ask us questions about vehicles, and we will definitely pass those questions on. Uh, one of the questions we have, it's a very important question, uh, Jerry is joining us from Rolls-Royce. So Jerry, I know that uh, somehow we got our wires crossed last week and you were supposed to join us, but Jen told me that you were out doing yard work, and I said, that doesn't seem right for someone Someone who works for Rolls-Royce would be doing their own yard work. What's going on? Did you have to fire the staff? Oh, no, no, Nick. No, I, I, that's my therapy. That's my therapy. <laughs> in the spring, you'll find me digging in the dirt with my hands. So, um, yeah, I, no, and I apologize for messing up last week. I, it was a, it was, um, I'll, I'll call it a technical glitch. But it's great to great to be talking to everybody today. All right. So first of all, uh, there is a black badge for every Rolls Royce, I believe, that is currently on sale, except for Cullen until now. Is that correct? Well, that's close, with the exception of Phantom, where we've said we will we will not do a black badge Phantom. We've had everything. We've had Ghost. We we, we started with Wraith Ghost, and then we added a black badge Dawn, and now. The long-awaited arrival of Black Badge Cullinan—it's—it's uh, it's just awesome. Tell me a little bit about uh, the theory behind Black Badge, uh, because those—you know—everyone's very familiar with the world's most premier luxury brand, which is Rolls Royce. But they're not all familiar with the Black Badge uh, vehicles that you do, and your symbol is very significant, and what you do the cars is very significant, and it's really to take it to the next level, right? Right. You're right about that, Nick. And I mean, I know you're familiar. And um, Black Badge was born by our customers. You know, we saw that a lot of our clients were taking their cars, they were blacking them out cosmetically. They liked that dark, edgier, noir feeling. 
And yeah, that was we, we found that very interesting. But and more and more we saw it. We saw some were doing it very nicely, some not so much. <laughs> so we, we, we made a decision that if that's what our clients want, we have to deliver it. So we wanted to develop... Um, a black badge version, you know, we started with Wraith, a black badge version, something that was younger, hipper, darker, edgier. You know, these are, these are folks, you know, guys and girls that are going out at night, uh, pulling up to the club in their black badge. So we did two things. The first was we did the, the cosmetic darkening, making it black. We took the grill and smoked it. You know, the Pantheon grill, we uh, use a chemical deprivation method to make it black. We went as far as to take the spirit of ecstasy and make that black, the chrome on the exterior black. Uh, we, we started with um, uh, carbon fiber and aluminum alloy wheels, giving a really dark, cool look. But we didn't want to end there because, you know, this is Rolls-Royce. You know, we don't want to do something that's kitschy. We don't want to do something that's a gimmick. On the engineering side, we beefed the car up. We gave it... Uh, more power, um, all cars except for uh, Wraith, which is already at maximum horsepower. We gave everybody more torque. Um, we tightened the suspension, tightened the steering, put a more aggressive shift pattern on the um, on the transmission. So what we did is we gave it an edgier look, darker look, and we gave it an edgier and darker feel. And now you've sort of taken over. I mean, there's... It, it's increased the uptake of these vehicles. People just are going crazy for this. And you still have your loyal Rolls-Royce customers that come back year after year and still buy a new model. But you're finding this sort of new, younger, dynamic uh, audience who are buying these vehicles in record numbers. You know, yeah, you, you nailed it there. You said, you said something right on. It's a younger demographic for us. It's a younger type of wealthy individual. Um, it's people that didn't think that they would love a Rolls Royce. They didn't think they'd love driving it or owning it. Uh, they're coming in and seeing that it fits their lifestyle. So um, Black Badge gives us an alternative for people to join the ultra luxury family. Uh, at the same time, we're also, I mean, I don't, you know, being someone who's not 40 and 30 or 40 years old, I'm a little bit north of that. You know, we have a lot of car enthusiasts, a lot of people that really love that edgy, dark feeling in cars. You know, you know, men and women that were driving uh, supercars or performance cars that want something that gives you that fun, that adrenaline, but also want something that has ultra luxury, you know, that, that magic carpet ride with an edge. Uh, they're coming into Rolls-Royce as well. And these are people that know cars that are just not getting to know Rolls-Royce through Black Badge. Tell me a little bit about the logo for Black Badge because that has significance too. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad you noticed that because it's you know it's everything we do we try to tie back to the history, you know 115 years of Rolls Royce. Um, back in 1935, Sir Malcolm Campbell set the water speed record in the, uh, his boat, the Bluebird. It was powered by Rolls Royce engines. On the boat, he had a symbol. It's the infinity symbol. Um, your math, your mathematician uh, listeners will know that symbol. But it's like a side word to eight. Um, that infinity symbol was a mark of an insurance company. It, it showed that the boat exceeded all power um, bands that they insured. And even though it exceeded those power bands and it had that, um, you know, had unrated power limitations, they were still going to insure it. So we've taken that symbol and we've very discreetly applied it throughout the black badge. It's really beautiful, particularly in the black badge column, with that infinity symbol denoting that this is 
power beyond power and power beyond just the luxury. And that's the image that we want, um, you know, that we want people to take away from Black Badge. Again, it's one of those things that it's insiders know it, and that's what's beautiful inside the Rolls-Royce family. Insiders know it, and it's one of those things people love to learn about. Now, at the recent test fest that happened in uh, in uh, North Carolina, you got the opportunity to unveil the Cullinan version of this. So does Cullinan carry uh, much of the black badge uh, symbols, elegance, and uh, accoutrements that the previous black badges have carried, or does it go in a different direction? No, Cullinan black badge is... It's, it's um, you know, Nick, we've talked about calling it before where we say that there's no compromise on the um, SUV off-road portion. There's no compromise on the luxury portion. And with Black Badge calling it, there's no compromise on making it darker, edgier, and, and very, very cool. From a styling perspective, actually, uh, I just love it because that the with everything blacked out on the outside, it makes it more solid. Uh, it gives it a really tough, edgy look. Um, it does have more power. It has uh, tighter suspension, tighter steering. Uh, for people that felt that the Cullinan itself was, um, you know, not dynamic enough for them, the Black Badge has it. It has all of that um, enhancement. Uh, the only thing it wouldn't have is the carbon fiber wheels. It has a custom set of um, uh, alloy wheels, um, you know, obviously for durability's sake. But it's it's a tough, mean, uh, it's the king of the night, man. It's 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 just a great, great uh, motor car. How much can a, a purchaser, a buyer, bespoke this vehicle? I'd say, let's say an owner can bespoke this vehicle because this is one of the things that you really invented in your space of the luxury goods market is being able to tailor them color-wise to what you want to do. So how much of the black badge is bespokeable? Uh, everything, everything. And I, you know, it, I'm glad you asked that because I think some people have an impression that when you buy a black badge calling in or, you know, you, you sit down, you're going to take a black badge calling in. No, we want you to commission your black badge calling. We want you to commission your black badge, sit down. Um, obviously it's, um, it's a, it's a bit, you're starting at a higher base uh, price than, a, than a, um, a silver badged car because of all the enhancements in it. But you know, you you can use whatever leather colorings, whatever stitching, embroidery. Um, Black Badge comes with a technical fiber throughout the interior, but you can still play with that technical fiber, add on metal um, enhancements to it. Um, you can do, um, uh, or oh, I forgot to mention too, Black Badge Conan is the first time we've offered the Starlight Headliner, and it's a shooting Starlight Headliner. No. Uh, occasional shooting star in it. Wow. Um, and you can even... Um, you know, bespoke that as as we discussed before. You can change the pattern of that starlit sky to whatever you'd like. Any constellation, uh, right? Well, final question, Jerry. Before we run out of time, sure. how much? What are we talking money? Well, it's um, you know, it's a Rolls Royce. It's a rare exclusive. Starts at three hundred eighty-two thousand um, dollars. You know, we've started already to take orders. Obviously, these are four to five hundred thousand uh, dollars commissions. Uh, but it's these are the these are the motor cars that are going to adorn your lawns of Concours and car uh, car exhibits for the next hundred years. I think I'm going to have to take a rest now for a few minutes because I can't continue. I'm so in love. Jerry Swamp and Rolls Royce. Thank you. Of course, you can go to Rolls Royce's website to find out more. Coming up, we're going to talk about the ugliest car in the world from the most beautiful, the new Tesla truck. That's on our <laughs> Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. 
Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is OurAutoExpert.com. I am your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Joining us on the phone, he is an independent analyst and investor, Anton Warman. You can read much of his stuff at uh, Seeking Alpha or The Street. Uh, Anton, I don't know if we're going to have a chance to talk to anyth- talk about anything else, but apart from the fact that how hideous the new Tesla truck is. Well, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. I think that this is for people who want to relive that moment in the mid-90s when Arnold Schwarzenegger stepped out of that original Hummer and suddenly everyone who wanted to be a big-shot Hollywood type suddenly wanted to buy a full-size Hummer. And I think that is what we are re- reliving now in the uh, kind of the futuristic uh, all-electric age. And I think that is the sentiment that uh, Tesla is trying to capture with this extreme design. So I think that it is absolutely true, just like most people back uh, some 25 years ago would never dream of themselves purchasing a Hummer, the original big military-style Hummer, uh, most people today won't buy, be buying one of these Tesla Cybertrucks either, but I think it will still fit its intended purposes from a design standpoint of looking this extreme. So I'm not opposed to the design at all. I think it's for Tesla. It's something that works. Um, does it work internally, the guts, the, the insides of the car? Because I know those people that try to tow with Tesla in the past have always had uh, problems with it. Um, you draining the battery so immensely when you try to tow. Well, clearly there are about a hundred things other than the design here that could go totally wrong. And I, I would like to focus just on one thing for starters, and that's the price. Uh, in order to take this thing 250 miles of range, forget towing anything, just unlaid with nothing but a body or two inside the vehicle uh considering the aerodynamics the frontal area the weight the rolling uh, resistance and so forth you would need at least somewhere north of 100 kilowatt hours worth of a battery and tesla today sells two vehicles that each have 100 kilowatt hours worth of batteries and those are the model s and the model x and guess what? They start around $80,000. So the proposition here is uh, completely ludicrous that they are going to be able to sell this pickup truck, which by all accounts has a lot more content than a Model S or a Model X, for half the price of a current Model S or Model X. This is absolutely crazy. The base price of this truck ought to be at least approximately $100,000 at a minimum, not $40,000. So the math here simply does not work from a pricing and profitability standpoint. If they talk, when they talked about the Model Three, they talked about it being, uh, you know, a value proposition with a lower end. But we've not seen those lower end ones really available, and uh, it's really only the upper ends that are getting produced. Well, I think at least with the Model Three, they're getting close, close and closer. Uh, this thing is just an enormous gap between the content that they are promising in terms of the amount of batteries and then, of course, wrapped into all of the additional metal and electronics and other gear of the full-size pickup truck and the gulf between what they are promising in this thing and the price that is attached to it is uh, simply so outrageously unrealistic that I hardly know where to begin. Uh, They're only asking for $100 down. 
Yeah, well, that too. Remember two years ago, in fact, it was two years and one week ago that Tesla introduced to great fanfare two other products, namely the Roadster 2.0 and that big semi-truck. Of course, neither of these two products uh, are in production yet. They haven't even started building a factory for each of those these two yet. And at the time, you may recall that they took deposit up to $250,000, up to $250,000 over two years ago, and these products have not yet emerged. Now, over two years later, they're uh, asking for only $100 for the deposit. Now, this is an enormous sign of weakness. I mean, if they cannot... Uh, uh, get people to cough up more than $100 now, then what does that tell you about uh, the company's confidence in, in people really being um, seriously interested in this product? So that is a bit of a warning flag. All right. Anton Wallman is with us. He is an independent analyst and investor. We're talking about the Tesla truck. There are other things that we also should get to talk about uh, in the next break. Uh, first of all, there was, of course, the Mark E, the new Mustang, four-door Mustang electric SUV that was introduced by Ford. We'll talk somewhat about that. We'll also continue our discussions about the LA International Auto Show because there was an awful lot of plug-in hybrid electric vehicles uh, introduced at the show, a new Ionic, a new RAV4 plug-in hybrid plus a bunch of other vehicles that are interesting at the show. We'll talk about that. Plus, we have some surprises for you. That's coming up as we continue Our Auto Expert. You can find out more at OurAutoExpert.com, including previous shows. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show on our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see our automotive videos, and read insider stories about your next ride find that all just go to our autoexpert.com on the phone with us anton warman he's an independent analyst and investor we're talking about uh, many of the new electric vehicles reviewed revealed at the la international auto show uh, also gm announces it will have an electric pickup truck by the end of 2021 is this a surprise anton no uh, speaking not although it was certainly positive to understand the timing with a little bit more precision, something uh, GM had not said in the past. There's uh, essentially an advanced rumor going around that they had planned on showing some sort of uh, of a concept of an electrified truck of some sort at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show here in January, but that it got pulled because uh, they basically uh, got uh, snagged up in, in the items surrounding the strike that took almost three out, uh, months out of, uh, of out of GM's hands. So presumably that would mean that GM would show that thing at some point in the spring and said instead, whether in February or March, certainly by April at the latest, we should see at least a concept of what the GM might be up to. And it might be more uh, things than just one. It might be pickup truck and some sort of a, a very advanced SUV of some sort that could uh, uh, harken back to the good old Hummer days. Do you think uh, the GM are going to be ahead of the game with this? Of course, there's now uh, things like the Rivian pickup truck, Ford F-150. They're going to go electrified. Uh, there's other vi- other companies working on electric pickup. A GM right there in there, or are they ahead of the game? I think that when it comes to the underpinnings of the vehicle, namely batteries and motors, think about it. No company, essentially no company has this as much as much experience 
as GM has. They made the EV1 in the mid-90s, and they had the Volt and the Bolt, and they have really come out with products that have been, from an engineering and quality standpoint, absolutely superior. Where GM has its chief weakness is in the design department, whether it's interior design or uh, or, or exterior design. I think that GM is at best currently characterized as a little bit of a hit and miss. So I think that where, where GM uh, risks the falling flat is in making a design that simply can't keep up with uh, what many of the other companies, be it Ford or Tesla or Jaguar or Audi or any of the other companies, are bringing to market these days. So uh, I, I have a great trust in GM when it comes to the electric motors and batteries and their quality and reliability. But in the design department, I'm just hoping they've been able to uh, turn the ship around. Now, uh, GM obviously uh, have the underpinnings, as you said, of a cool electric truck. But by the time they actually get one to market, are are they going to be first in line or last in line? Well, it looks like right now Rivian could be the first in line. If you look at the timeline of where things are happening, uh, and then followed by a tiny little private company, Bollinger, which is kind of my favorite from a design standpoint. But, uh, of course, it will have a hard time given distribution and so forth. And then all of the others seem to be arriving at the same time. We now have confirmation from both Ford and GM and Tesla that all those three players will hit the market with their uh, large pickup trucks in the fourth quarter of 2021. So just consider this. This is a huge clash. Fourth quarter, 2021, Tesla. GM, and Ford, all of them at the same time. I mean, talk about worlds colliding here. A lot of attention at the LA International Auto Show from VW showing off their all-electric IDs, which is their concept vehicles. Uh, But they're now confirming an all-electric large station wagon to come 2022. That's right. So the first vehicle that they're coming to the U.S. market with is sort of this compact SUV, sort of like a Tiguan. Uh, that will hit at the very end of 2020, let's say to U.S. dealerships January 21. And then they will have in early or mid-2022, they will have the uh, bus, the hippie bus, the uh, huge van uh, that will be made in Germany. And then within just a couple of months after that, probably the second half of 2022, this station wagon will appear. So basically a large, fairly conventional station wagon looking thing that it just happens to be three and a half inch three and a half inches or so taller than your average station wagon so think a little bit along the lines of uh, subaru outback or any of the slightly lifted wagons that a volvo and audi has presented over the years and that are available indeed from volkswagen itself in europe in particular with like the passat uh, all I think it's called the Passat All Track in Europe. So you take that, and uh, by virtue of the electric motor and the batteries and the replacement, you can make it even more spacious on the inside. And there was a really beautiful con- uh, concept that Volkswagen showed here, and it's very good to hear it's confirmed that it's uh, coming to market. One of the things is trying to get time with that new concept that they showed at the LA show was almost impossible because there was so much attention around it. But what, they, they have definitely indicated that they are working on advanced technologies. For instance, the doors uh, now light up when you come towards them so you know where to press on the door uh, to get it to open automatically. They've also sort of done away with the traditional dash on the inside. Yeah, the interior is an evolution from the ID3, which has just entered production two weeks ago in Germany, uh, that will uh, start to hitting European dealerships in the spring around uh, around April or so. And 
uh, they've just essentially gone to a larger center screen format of that, and it, I thought it looked pretty good. So this is, as you saw from the concept, uh, this is not one of those far-out, impossible concepts. You can just make a few very tiny tweaks to it, and it's definitely a production-ready model at that point. Just uh, make the wheels a little bit uh, more realistic, and you put traditional side mirrors, and you're pretty much almost almost there. That seems to be the thing now with concept vehicles that automakers are doing. It used to be far-reached, very space-like vehicles that would never actually make it to production. And when the production vehicle came around, it was very disappointing. I can give you a perfect example of that was the Prius C, the the prototype version of the Prius C when it was rolled out. I think it was the New York Auto Show. It was wonderful. I put my money down on it immediately, wanted to buy one. It was an extremely good-looking vehicle. When the actual uh, vehicle arrived uh, from the concept, the production vehicle was so disappointing, I think it... It just was a massive flop. But nowadays, things like the Acura Type S, that vehicle, we've been told, is pretty much exactly the same as the production vehicle, minus the things that don't meet U.S. safety standards. That's right. So this is often the case. And, then, and of course, you have these uh, other types of design aberrations, which is the Tesla Cybertruck, which is uh, something that I happen to like. But you, know, you talk about extreme, and this is... Uh, extreme cubed, probably, to put it very mildly. So I don't think the world has ever seen something uh, in recent times that is that extreme and is apparently going to be brought to market uh, if it passes uh, the regulatory scrutiny. Does it does it just give a license to other manufacturers to get a little more wild in their designs? They don't have to go as wild as Tesla, but they can advance their designs a little bit to actually make these vehicles a little more adventurous? I sure hope so on one level. On another level, I am always afraid that there are some aspects of design that have uh, gone too far. Like you take some of these interior designs, there's too much emphasis on touchscreens and too much emphasis on getting rid of the knobs and buttons that look interesting from a uh, auto show concept standpoint, but that when you're actually uh, getting people into the cars and have to live with them in the cold and the dark and the snow that they don't want. So... And so that's why I'm really, uh, I, I really love this Bollinger truck, this privately held company, which has uh, come out with an all-electric, a bit of a retro-looking truck. But on the interior, it actually has good old-fashioned analog instruments and switch gear that uh, is really refreshing to see for something that will hit the market here in just over a year from now. Let's talk a little bit about the marquee, the Ford. Um, how competitive is it? Uh, really, I mean, it's getting a lot of attention. A lot of people are super excited about it. Uh, I did put deposits down on two of them, but I did read in the small print of the contract where you put the deposit down that it does say that you cannot transfer that deposit or sell it on. So I'm going to have to take delivery of the vehicle if I want to then pass it to another owner. Uh, but is this competitive? Is it going to be sought after? Is the first edition going to be sold out? Well, it looks right now that Ford, I think, got this thing very much right. Uh, the design is absolutely stunning. When you see it in reality, it looks even better than in the pictures. And I think the one thing that I would focus on that people should really look at when they finally get to see this thing in person, since most people haven't had that chance yet, is just to see how long the hood is. You look at the extreme contrast with some of the other, other electric cars, such as, say, the uh, Jaguar I-Pace, that made a point in pointing out how short the hood was because it wasn't really meant to be necessary in an electric car. Well, in the Ford, they've done the opposite. It looks like there's a straight six-cylinder engine under the hood, very, very long 
neighborhood. Remember that Jaguar E-Type from the 60s? It's a little bit almost like that, and it looks absolutely beautiful. So uh, congrats to the team at Ford that designed the exterior of this vehicle. This is absolutely hitting the nail on the head. It may simply be the single most beautiful electric car that I've ever seen in a pen ever that is going to make itself into production. Uh, do you think that they're going to uh, sell uh, huge amounts in the first year? No. Uh, it, it, then obviously, the two that I put deposits down on have decreasing auto number order numbers on them. So I think I started with the first one, 6,657. The second one was like uh, 4,058 or something. So it looks like they're dropping the numbers down. So they're not going to give you an idea of how many uh, have been ordered. Well, uh, so that's possible. I, I had uh, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people and putting them on a timeline and plotting them. So your case is the first I've heard that have gone in that direction. When I have looked at all the other numbers, they actually fit a curve uh, rather, rather well. So uh, we'll, we'll simply, I think, going to have to see more data points on this. But uh, I, I, don't, I can't see how Ford is going to have a big problem with this. Uh, because I think that the demand is going to be uh, reasonably strong. I think that they've priced it right. It looks terrific. And, of course, this is still a year out until they will be in dealerships. But as it stands right now, I think Ford has just uh, put itself into pole position when it comes to uh, an attractive electric uh, vehicle in this uh, general class. In the short time we've got left, let's talk about Jaguar Land Rover killing the U.S. diesel of their vehicles. Yeah, we only have five non-pickup trucks left in the U.S. market that are diesels. Three of them are from Jaguar Land Rover, and they're the Range Rover, Range Rover Sport, and Land Rover Discovery, and uh, they killed off most of the others. So that tells you that uh, the consumer just wasn't ready to bite, and uh, uh, we'll see if how many are left here in the next couple of years. The Mazda just entered the market, as did the Jeep Wrangler, but other than that, we don't have any diesels in the market anymore that are not pickup trucks. All right, RAV4, plug-in hybrid, all-wheel drive. This is going to make RAV4 the number one vehicle in the United States in its category. They're selling 450,000 of these every year. Is it going to push it higher? I believe so. I think this will be an absolute topic in the group. And uh, I think uh, Toyota got this thing just right. I mean, I think they're rolling this out in July here, or this upcoming June, July. Uh, and I think that that will be uh, for what it is. I think it'll be uh, very, very popular. All right. Anton Wallman, he's an independent analyst investor. Anton, where can we read most of your stuff? Primarily at SeekingAlpha.com and also at TheStreet.com. I could talk to Anton for hours because uh, he is probably one of the most uh, intelligent people about the automotive industry I know. There's always a million and one questions. We don't always agree on everything, but we agree on many things. So if you'd like to hear this show and any of our other shows, you could download them onto your phone via a podcast. You can do all that at OurAutoExpert.com or Podbean. You can find it on your smart speaker. I ask Amazon to play that for us uh, all the time at home. You can also find it on all of the usual places like iTunes or Amazon. I think it's available at all of those places. Where else, Jen? Spotify. Spotify. Spotify have the show as well. You can go to the website and read articles and see all of our TV segments from around the world. That's at OurAutoExpert.com or start a conversation with us on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all there for you on any of your devices that are attached to those. We'll be back again next week with another dynamic show. Truck Girl Jen's here. I'm Nick. Thank you for joining us. 
You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 